Welcome to the Badass Lightworker Podcast. My name is Ella Sang, and I'm a spiritual life and business coach, master manifester, and lover of all things woo. If you are a spiritual entrepreneur or leader looking to own your purpose and truth to make massive impact in this world, then you've found the right place. It is my mission to empower badass, ambitious lightworkers to embrace their soul purpose, shine their light online with confidence, and manifest their most soul-aligned business in life. You deserve to create your dream reality, and this podcast will give you all the spirituality, manifestation, mindset, and business tools to make it happen. Get ready to raise your vibration big time and to raise the vibration of this entire planet with your light. You with me? Hey, hey, badass lightworker, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Badass Lightworker podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play today and coming on to hang out with me, especially during the holiday season, if you're listening to this episode right when it drops. So first of all, I want to wish you a wonderful holiday season, and no matter where you are at in the world right now, just know that I'm sending you so much love and a lot of virtual warm fuzzies, and I hope you're spending some great quality time with your loved ones, with your friends, with your family, and most importantly, with yourself. During the holiday season, it's very easy for us to get caught up in the family gatherings and the events and the parties that we forget to prioritize and take care of ourselves so really hope that you are doing that getting yourself nice and ready and prepared to step into 2020 that is just rolling around the corner next week now for today's podcast episode I am so freaking excited to share with you another epic interview and for this interview I had the pleasure of interviewing Dawson Church who is a PhD researcher and award-winning author of the book Mind to Matter. You guys this whole experience of having Dawson on the podcast was a literal testament to the power of manifestation and how our minds actually do create reality. So I'll give you guys a quick little backstory, which is that about four weeks ago, I was in Toronto visiting my boyfriend and he and I went to a spiritual bookstore. So we were walking down the aisles in this bookstore and there were these giant shelves with all these books stacked vertically. But for some reason, I stopped in front of a bookshelf and I saw Mind to Matter being front-facing. It was staring at me right in the face. And I was kind of like, hmm, this is pretty interesting because the book Mind to Matter has been on my reading list for a while and it's a book that talks all about the science behind manifestation. So it's been on my mind to dive deeper into the science of manifestation. And in that moment, I saw that book and I was like, ooh, yeah, I want to read this book. I want to dive deeper. I want to learn more about the science behind manifestation. I'm totally going to do that. Then, lo and behold, in literally less than 20 hours, I received an email from someone on Dawson's team telling me that Dawson would love to come on the Badass Lightworker podcast to chat about the science behind manifestation, to talk about the science of how mind creates matter. That was the sound of my mind blowing (laughs) because like it's like what are the freaking chances it was crazy and I think the coolest thing about this experience for me was literally just proof of how fast something can go from an intention 
into physical reality and in the most amazing unexpected way possible like never would i have guessed in that moment in that bookstore when i was looking at mind to matter that within three weeks time i was going to be speaking to the author of mind to matter on my podcast and literally asking him all the questions that i have around the science behind manifestation so i think that this is such a great reminder for all of us to never underestimate the power that our minds have in creating what we desire and to know that things can happen so much faster than we imagine it to be especially when we are in alignment at an energetic level and at our subconscious identity level so that's a quick little backstory of how dawson decided to come on the badass lightworker podcast and i was telling dawson as well i was like i totally manifested this (laughs) and before we jump into the interview before i jump into introducing dawson in more detail to you i just want to announce to you and share with you the exciting news that the doors to light up and manifest are now open and ready for you to enter. So if you have been listening to the last few podcast episodes, then you would probably already know a bit about light up and manifest and I'm going to dive into some quick details for you as well. So light up and manifest is your six week subconscious mindset elevation and manifestation experience. Now this is not your surface level manifestation and mindset course that's just going to tell you to get clear on your desires feel grateful write out some things that you're grateful for and then receive boom things are gonna happen for you like yes there is some truth to those steps but there is so much more beyond the surface especially a lot of times we hear people say yeah just believe you can do it just believe in yourself and just take the action and things are going to happen it's a lot easier said than done and that's why in light up and manifest we are not working at the conscious level we are going deep into your sub conscious we are actually looking at what have been those subconscious programs patterns and beliefs that have been holding you back from stepping into your next level identity from taking action as your next level self because you have probably tried You have probably tried to do a lot of things when it comes to manifesting your most lit up reality, when it comes to manifesting a soulful business, manifesting soulmate clients, manifesting your dream relationship. You have probably tried, but then time and time again, you get caught up in beliefs like, but I'm not good enough, but I'm not worthy. I don't really deserve to have this. Can I really have this? It hasn't happened before, so why would it happen now, etc. And if these have been things that you have been struggling with, I want you to know, first of all, that you are not alone. And second of all, that change can happen for that a lot faster than you could imagine. And that's exactly what I'm going to guide you through and light up and manifest. So we are going to be working with the potent modalities of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, kundalini yoga, and energetic alchemy. So with NLP, it's all about understanding the language of your subconscious mind so that we can rewire those limiting beliefs and transform you at the identity level so that you become that person who literally has all the things that you desire. It's not about taking more action. It's not about forcing. It's not about willpower, but it's simply about embodiment and really becoming that person, that person with those empowering beliefs, those empowering values that empowering mind strategy that is going to get you to what you want 
from a kundalini yoga perspective we are going to realign your energy we are going to raise your frequency strengthen up your nervous system expand your aura which is the electromagnetic field that allows you to attract in the things that you desire and dawson and i actually talk about this in detail during the interview around electromagnetic fields and with kundalini yoga what you're also going to do is really deeply connect to your truth to the infinity that is within you so that any of those limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, you can see it for what it really is, which is just BS and totally untrue. And then with energetic alchemy, you are going to learn powerful energetic practices like EFT, emotional freedom technique tapping, which Dawson also goes into detail to talk about the scientific evidence and the power of EFT during our interview. But you are going to learn EFT and a bunch of other powerful energetic practices to release any energetic blocks that have been holding you back up until this point and also learn how to raise your energetic vibration on a daily basis so light up and manifest is literally a rapid six week mega transformation that is going to set you up for success in 2020 and way beyond that every single week you get access to video modules you get a weekly group coaching call with me and the other badass light workers in this container and you are just completely supported throughout this entire experience as you go through what I call your manifest action guides, which are guides with kundalini yoga practices, hypnosis audios, EFT tapping, journal prompts, etc. You are going to recode yourself at the subconscious identity level because your subconscious mind is also responsible for 99.996% of everything that is going on in your reality and basically everything that is going on in your body. So it's really important for us to work at the subconscious level so that the change that you create is actually going to be lasting. So if that sounds exciting for you, if that sounds like something that you want to learn more about, be sure to go down below in the show notes, check out the link, check out the page, and it would be such a freaking honor to be able to support you in this experience. And because you are a podcast listener and I freaking love all of you guys so freaking much from the bottom of my heart like you have no idea how much the badass lightworker podcast has grown over the last few months and it's because of you guys it's because you keep on tuning in week after week you are leaving positive reviews and ratings and i am so grateful for that so i have actually created a special discount code for you podcast listeners i love you guys so much so if you go down below check out light up and manifest you will also see a special coupon code that is just for you to save $111 off this experience. So be sure to check it all out. The doors are closing January 8th, 2020. And also, if you decide to sign up before January 1st, you are going to get an epic bonus one-on-one limit to light coaching call with me, where together we are going to really just look at what is currently holding you back what kind of mindset struggle are you currently facing and with one-on-one personalized nlp techniques with hypnosis we are going to dismantle that block dismantle anything that's currently holding you back from a mindset perspective together during this coaching call i have had clients transform in literally 10 minutes 
through these powerful NLP techniques. So I know that this limit to light coaching call is going to be extremely transformative for you as well. So go down below in the show notes to get all the details and I can't wait to see you inside Light Up and Manifest. And I'm losing my voice from all my excitement. (laughs) Alrighty, so now let's move into learning more about Dawson before we hop into this interview. So Dawson Church is a PhD researcher and award-winning author of the books The Genie in Your Genes and Mind to Matter. So within Mind to Matter, which is the book that Dawson and I talk a lot about, he is making this link between science and manifestation and really just helping us understand the science behind peak mental states. And it's really cool because inside Mind to Matter, Dawson features a lot of different clinical studies and research studies that show essentially how our minds work together with our brains, all the neural things to actively create our reality. So manifestation is no longer just a woo-woo topic, but Dawson really breaks it down with scientific evidence as to how our minds create reality. So Dawson has conducted dozens of clinical trials and he has also founded the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare. And this is a nonprofit institution dedicated to education and research on evidence-based healing modalities to promote groundbreaking new treatments. He shares how to apply the breakthroughs of energy psychology to health and personal performance through EFT Universe, which is one of the largest alternative medicine sites on the internet. Dawson's work has been endorsed by many leading best-selling authors such as Jack Canfield, co-author of the number one New York Times best-selling chicken soup series and featured teacher in The Secret. So if any of you have ever watched The Secret, then you probably remember Jack. And Jack says that as the secret meets the scientists in Dawson's work, the boundaries of what you've believed possible will be stretched far beyond your existing picture of reality. And that is so true. That is literally how I feel about this interview with Dawson, which is that my mind was completely blown and stretched beyond my existing picture of reality. So in this interview, Dawson and I dive into where science meets spirituality and how science has proved and continues to show the ways in which our minds create our physical reality. We chat about what electromagnetic fields are and how they create our reality, how EFT shifts your emotions to help heal and manifest, how to tap into flow state for manifestation and everyday bliss, how meditation shifts the mind and rewires the brain and so much freaking more goodness. Like this interview is freaking out of this world. And if you have ever had any doubts around is manifestation actually legit? Like how exactly does it work? Then this interview is going to bring you so many new insights because I know for me being a very spiritual person, I've always believed and known deep inside me that yes, our minds create our reality. And I even have a tattoo down my spine saying, what you think, you become. But it's been so freaking helpful to just solidify that belief with the scientific evidence and just looking at study after study, case after case of how people have actively used their minds to heal and to transform their reality. So without further ado, I'm going to let you guys dive into this interview. I hope you enjoy. Take out your notebooks, take down some notes, and I know you are going to absolutely love this. 
All right, amazing. I am so excited, you guys, to have on the Badass Lightworker podcast today, Dawson Church, who is the author of Mind to Matter. And it is such a pleasure to have you come on today. Ella, it's a thrill to be here. I know we'll have a wonderful time. Yes, amazing. And I just want to begin by telling a quick little story of how all of this unfolded. And even for me, it is like a literal testament to how our mind creates matter. Because about three weeks ago, I was at a spiritual bookshop in Toronto and I was just like going down the aisles. And I remember looking at a bookshelf and seeing mind to matter staring at me directly in the face. So most of the books were kind of stacked um, vertically, just like one right next to each other. But for some reason, mind to matter was front facing. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, like I really want to learn more about the neuroscience perspective when it comes to manifestation. And I was like, yeah, I should really read that book. Then lo and behold, in less than 24 hours, like I swear it was 14, 15 hours, I woke up to an email from Dawson saying that he wants to come on the Badass Lightworker podcast. So what are the chances? (laughs) (laughs) It's so amazing how that happens. And so let's jump into the questions today. First of all, Dawson, can you please tell us more about who you are, what you do, and how you shine your light in the world? Well, right now, I love serving people and helping them release unnecessary suffering. So there's necessary suffering. There are things that we suffer just in the course of being alive and having bodies. We may get sick. We may uh, have fluctuations in the economy or our jobs or our careers. But that's the small part of suffering. The, there's also a huge amount of suffering that happens that is unnecessary and so I teach a lot of live workshops, give a lot of keynote speeches. People come up in front of my, on my live workshops. I often do one-on-one sessions with them in front of the whole audience. And it really moves me and motivates me, Ella, when I see, <coughs> when I see people suffering. And often they have everything going pretty well in their lives. They have jobs, they have careers, they are reasonably healthy. They have re- pretty good security in, in their lives, and yet they're, they're just consumed sometimes with anxiety, depression, phobias, various signs of, of psychological trauma. And all of that stuff is easily treatable. Research now shows us that energy methods can easily treat most cases of depression, most cases of anxiety, most cases of psychological trauma. And so, I was one of those people way back along the, the road. I was a teenager, I was really depressed and anxious and miserable, I had a pretty traumatic childhood. And by my mid-teens was just in just desperate, desperate emotional st- state. And so I went to go live on a spiritual community, lived there on and off for several years, and I got a little bit better. I learned the great traditions, I learned uh, the, the perennial philosophy, what philosopher Aldous Huxley called the perennial philosophy that underlies all religions. And I also began to study psychology. And so I, I was able to make a little bit of progress on my problems. But over the course of the next many years, I made incremental progress, a little step here, often one step forward, two steps back. So mm-hmm. only when I discovered energy therapies and began to commit to a meditation practice did I find it was like just strapping a rocket engine on the back of your transformational vehicle, you to suddenly find that all kinds of things that had really handicapped you and limited your potential, for me, 
I just dealt with one after another, after another, after another. And I became intrigued by the ability of these energy therapies to affect my own suffering. I then began to teach them, changed my careers, finished my PhD, which I had begun at Baylor University 30 years earlier. So I retrained myself as a scientist, as a researcher, and uh, began to look at how we could bring these therapies into primary care. And the, that was a long um, process, but it came to a really powerful uh, milestone in 2017, when after 10 years of um, advocacy, EFT was approved by the US Veterans Administration as an evidence-based treatment. And that unlocked the door to EFT being in the VA. And of course, we know meditations in the VA. Uh, other hospital systems are using these energy tools. And so my own personal journey out of my own suffering led me to teaching and training these, investigating them scientifically. And when you have enough science, you can go to a hospital system, you can go to a government and say, this stuff really makes sense. We need this in primary care. And that's kind of the sweep of what I've been doing for the last 60 plus years. Yeah, that is so amazing. There is so much goodness in there. The first thing is that when you mention how there are so many people suffering and on the outside, they have everything because I totally relate to that. That's exactly how I began on my spiritual path and journey as well is that on the outside, it was like, I had a great job. I had like great friends. I had everything, but on the inside, I was so miserable. And back then I didn't understand all the beauty with energy work and things like that. And I also love, you know, your focus on energy therapy, especially because it's something that it's really preventative. It's really about healing at a deeper level. And it's so great that you're bringing that into the hospital systems because this is something that I get really passionate about, but I really do not agree sometimes to the way that, you know, we are just kind of putting um, a band-aid solution on a lot of things that are occurring at a much deeper level. So thank you so much for the work that you've been doing and spreading this knowledge. So I want to chat a little bit about Mind to Matter and what inspired you to put all of your knowledge, all of your research into this book and share with people the science behind how our minds create reality. In quite a funny way, I had no plans to write a book called Mind to Matter. So in 2005, I wrote this book that really was a, um, a catalytic book many people called The Genie in Your Genes. And I began to realize that our thoughts, our feelings, and our spiritual experiences are epigenetic. They're literally turning genes on and off in our bodies. And there was no research proving that back in 2004, 2005, but I just put a whole bunch of scientific inferences together and was able to come up with a pretty persuasive case that, um, that these intangibles that are shifting our energy, that are shifting things like EEGs and MRIs are actually shifting gene expression. And so when I wrote the second edition of the book in 2008, there were 13 studies showing that thoughts, feelings, emotions were epigenetic. When I wrote the third edition of the book in 2013, there were hundreds of studies showing conclusively that these intangible things are literally shifting gene expression in our bodies. So that was my sort of initiation into this whole field of using science and looking at the effects on the physical level. And then I began to think, you know, I know now, because I did one big randomized, triple blind randomized controlled trial, a massive study showing that EFT, just one session, one hour of EFT, can lower our cortisol levels. And I was um, 
testing EFT in three groups, EFT, cognitive therapy, talk therapy, and rest. And in, in EFT, in the EFT group, anxiety and depression in one hour of treatment dropped more than twice as much as it did in the talk therapy and in the rest group. And cortisol plummeted a huge amount in just that one hour. I then went on to do other cortisol studies. I then went on to do studies of the um, genes being shifted when we use EFT. And then finally had a study published earlier this year on these things called microRNAs, which are little epigenetic markers that tags that go into genes. And that also showed that those are changing response to energy, energy treatment. So um, that's kind of where I came from. But when I would hear these statements by people into the law of attraction, into the secret, and I, I move in a lot of those circles. I'm, uh, I love Jack Canfield as a close friend. Um, I, I've met many of the teachers and spent time with many of the teachers in the secret. And um, I, I've shared the stage with Tony Robbins, with Joe Dispenza, with Marion Williamson, with Joan Barsenko, Neil Donald Walsh, many of these people. And what, what, I've, what I've, I've, I've heard a lot is this philosophy, our thoughts create our reality. Mm -hmm. But I can prove to you that our thoughts create our reality very easily. And I can prove to you that our thoughts, I can prove to you conclusively that our thoughts don't create our reality. So right over here, I have the container of water. Mm -hmm. I created water. My thought was I'm thirsty. So <laughs> I had this amazing manifestational ability to walk over to the faucet, turn it on. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you have the same superpower over there, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> so now obviously no one listening to the podcast is terribly impressed by that we can all do that but what if i suddenly turn the wall behind me green or blue or purple or um, manifested a zebra behind me or an elephant or or the empire state building and, and so clearly we cannot manifest things in that kind of a magical way yeah. so there are two extremes one is the water one is the zebra behind me what i can clearly do what I can clearly not do, but there's a lot of middle ground between those things. Mm -hmm. So what is what does science show us are the things we can do? And what science shows us, and again, I, there are over 400 scientific studies in Mind to Matter that are summarized there. And I read probably over a thousand studies in the course of doing the book, but it shows us that actually our manifestational power is much closer to the zebra than it is to the water. We can do literally astonishing things. Not only that, as we pay attention to them and do, do them, more of them appear around us. And so we are able to do remarkable things in certain heart, mind, body, spiritual, emotional states. And so I, the book really is a call to people to look what science shows, and then to realize they have profound creative power. In the first half of Mind to Matter, it's the profound creative power that your emotions and energy have over your body and how you are turning genes on and off. You are creating enzymes, you're creating molecules, proteins, hormones in your body all the time, just by thought alone. And the second part of the book moves into how you're creating reality outside of your body, outside of yourself. So that's kind of the trajectory of the book. And it's worth knowing what science 
shows you because when you've lived your life, say when you're, when you're 95 years old or 125 years old and you're at the end of your life and you haven't actualized your potential, if you kept on believing all we could do was create the water and you haven't realized we can have our minds conceive something and then see that thing happen. If you've lived all your life in this limited material picture of yourself and you haven't fulfilled your potential, then it's a tragedy. So you want to learn what it takes to fulfill your potential and then move as far along the path to the zebra as possible. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's just so good. I'm like so excited about all of this. And yeah, I love that so much is like the spectrum of possibility that exists from the water to the zebra, because a lot of times I think people are just so fixated on like, oh yeah, law of attraction doesn't work because for example, I want to manifest a zebra behind me and it hasn't shown up. But like you said, there are so many different levels. And I think that manifestation is really like this muscle the more we begin to take those little steps away from the water to maybe like, oh, maybe I can manifest a cool friend. Maybe I can manifest an opportunity. Maybe I can manifest a relationship. Maybe I can manifest more money. And on and on, we are going up on the spectrum. So that is so amazing. I absolutely love it. Can you please dive a little bit deeper and just really walk us through the process of how exactly, so from the moment that we have a thought in our mind, how does that translate into the physical matter so through that neuroscience perspective and also the energetic perspective because i know in mind to matter you talk a lot about the neurons how the neurons and neural pathways can change the structure of the brain etc so if you can just walk us through that process of okay for example i want to manifest i don't know i want to manifest a thousand dollars let's say that's like the thought that i have how does that then kind of translate into the physical reality yeah, so uh, you can show how thoughts translate to physical reality in a series of steps. And when you have a signal passing through a neural bundle, then um, that each thought is activating certain neural bundles in your brain. Mm -hmm. If you're having thoughts of stress or anxiety or anger or resentment or negative emotions, it's activating certain parts of your brain, especially the emotional brain, the limbic system, the midbrain, and so it's all the threat assessment machinery of your brain turning on in response to negative emotions. When you're having positive emotions, uh, just the reverse happens. All of those threat assessment pathways are, are calm. And the parts of the brain that have to do with happiness and, and joy and ease and synchronicity all light up. So different brain areas are firing. And when they fire more, they wire more. So that, uh, that immortal law of Donald Hebb's Hebb's law that neurons that fire together wire together, we're literally creating more matter in our brains. And in chapter one of, uh, of, of the book, in Mind to Matter chapter one, I tell the story of Graham Phillips. And he was a TV journalist who heard about mindfulness, decided to give it a try, do an eight-week mindfulness course. But before he did, he took his whole camera crew into a lab, and they did an extensive workup of his body, his brain, and the researchers of the lab measured using a high resolution MRI, every single major neural area of his brain. He went on his eight weeks of mindfulness meditation. His behavior began to change within two weeks. He felt much calmer, much more able to handle stress and he had a much nicer person in the process. After eight weeks, they took him back into the lab and they measured his brain again with that high resolution MRI. And they found that several parts of his brain had changed in volume. So as those neurons are firing together, 
they're wiring together, and those pathways are becoming bigger and creating more bulk. And it created the most bulk. The part of his brain that changed the most is a little C-shaped sliver of tissue in the center of the brain called the dentate gyrus. His dentate gyrus in just eight weeks grew by 22.8%. Mm-hmm. And that's the figure and the case history I presented in Mind to Matter in chapter one is that his that part of his brain, the dentate gyrus grew by 22.8% in only eight weeks. And that's the part of the emotional brain that handles regulation of emotion, that suppresses the anger, that helps you deal with irritation, that helps you let go of the annoyance and breathe through it rather than screaming and yelling and having a pissy fit. So that part of his brain literally grew by almost a quarter in only eight weeks. So now we're having these thoughts, we're doing these these things like, I'm gonna breathe and be calm, I'm gonna center myself, I'm gonna be mindful, rather than explode, and then that Decision by mind in consciousness is producing matter in your brain. And when we hook people up to EEGs and MRIs, we see this as very different mental function. So I have a series of images in Mind Matter in later chapters, and they show you people hooked up to EEGs, and they show you different brain function. And for example, people who are stressed or anxious or having anxiety have a lot of beta waves, which is that, that those waves are between 15 and 25 cycles per second. And those beta waves, if they have lots of them, they are the signature waves of stress. They correlate with high cortisol, high adrenaline in your body. And they also correlate with, with increased aging and much greater levels of disease. In other words, you die sooner and you're sicker if you have a lot of those beta waves. But if you have other waves, especially the slow waves of delta and theta, those are the healing waves. And so as you're changing your consciousness, you're changing brain function. And we'll literally see someone go from high beta, an anxious state, they'll meditate, they'll tap, and then that high beta will just go away, often in just a few minutes. And then they have expansion of these healing frequencies. So now suddenly I'm in tune with the universe. I'm feeling at peace with myself and my body and everyone around me. So now emotionally I feel very different. And in that state I have very different thoughts. And it turns out that those thoughts are measurable in terms of energy using an EEG or an MRI, but they also spread out around us. And our body's field can be measurable and detected about three meters away from our body. So when I'm six meters away from some, someone's body or six yards away from somebody's body, um, our fields are interacting. And so in those field effects, things just happen. We have different energy we're bringing to the encounter and that shifts the quality of the encounter. In some pieces of research that I share in the book, when a healer's field changes, it entrains the field of the healy. So I'm around a calm person. I'm around a person with good emotional regulation. I'm around a person with good energy, good energy field, uh, very little beta activity, lots of theta and delta waves. Then that entrains the people around them in the same way. So we begin to literally produce an effect on the world around us simply by shifting our consciousness. Wow, that is so amazing. I love that so much. And especially when it comes to just showing like, 
the, within eight weeks, like you mentioned, it was able to change the mass by 22.8%. It's like, imagine what is going to happen if you continue that on. And even for myself, like I see that difference when I started meditating, the way that I could regulate my emotions were so much better. And as a result of that, whenever stress comes up, it's like, I can remove myself. I can have that moment of space to be like, okay, I can choose to react in the pissy fit way, like you said, or I can choose to react in a whole new way that then creates a brand new reality for myself. So I absolutely love that. And I want to dive a little bit deeper in the electromagnetic field. So can you talk to us a bit more about how exactly do those electromagnetic fields change our reality? How does that then translate into creating physical matter? And the reason why I'm really passionate about this, as my audience knows, is that I I am obsessed with kundalini yoga and in kundalini yoga we do a lot of practices we talk a lot about strengthening our electromagnetic fields um, building our aura in order to allow more good in and to repel away um, the negative so i think that there's a great connection here so if you can let us know more about how the electromagnetic fields work and how exactly it turns things into our reality that would be amazing I'll do that, uh, how electromagnetic uh, fields shift and change and how that impacts our reality. Yeah. Uh, I just thought about one little uh, anecdote about money. So um, a few weeks back, in terms of just being creative, um, I, uh, I was sitting at my uh, desk in, in my office and um, there were just, you know, there's always news happening in the world, there were always events happening in the world around me and I, I noticed a news story about uh, something going on in the world, and I thought, gee, that's going to affect the price of this one stock. So I went into my stock trading account, and I just saw the stock had dropped a lot because of that piece of bad news, and I bought um, just a few, a few hundred shares of that, that, that stock. Um, now, again, everyone else was panicking about <laughs> that stock and selling it and just ditching the stock, and the stock, the stock had dropped by like 75% in uh, just a few months. And so I just bought some shares of that stock, totally calm, thinking even though this is a piece of bad news, this is a fundamentally good company and it's probably going to rise again. So I just, you know, tune into my guidance. Uh, and I talk a lot about non-local mind in the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I tuned into my guidance, bought some of that stock. Now I had a little bit of fear as well, Ella. Mm-hmm. So I, my, my guidance was to buy a thousand shares. I only bought 500 shares. So I was, I'm, I'm a pretty conservative investor. So I bought half a number. But, um, but the stock actually did quadruple in the next um, month. Awesome. So uh, it, did, it, did, it did, go, did go way up. So um, you, when others are fearful, when others are racked by negative emotion, when others are responding to the news, you're just not. You're just calm and quiet. And that makes you able to make much better financial choices, much better choices about who to date, who to marry, who to get involved with in your business, uh, what direction to take your business, what, what you write, the emails you choose to pay attention to. So it's really powerful financially to be in a calm state as well. Calm investors are the ones that tend to do best over time. Now onto energy fields and these, these fields around us. So our, we are electrical beings. And in my live workshops, I use a little device called a galvanometer and it measures the energy on your skin. And as I run it over people's skin, it shows you exactly where the acupuncture points are. And mm-hmm. so they're tiny. And when you move your, the pointer of the galvanometer over the skin, it's not picking up any, anything over most of the skin. 
when it hits an acupuncture point, there's a light that flashes a little sound, it beeps. And these points have different energy from the surrounding skin. So we can measure things like acupuncture points and uh, the energy fields, energies that flow through our bodies. And then it turns out that when we are shifting our energy, so in acupuncture, the acupuncturist inserts a needle and you feel the flow change. There are these 40 meridians and acupuncture is all about balancing those meridians. You want to balance out those 40 meridians. That's why you feel better after an acupuncture treatment. EFT, emotional freedom techniques or tapping, simply uses acupressure, pressure tapping on acupuncture points. And so that's a different form of adjusting the energy in the body. When you adjust the body's energies and you're in that state of flow, so now you're in a flow state, you're in a psychological flow state, and you're in an energy flow state, all kinds of good things happen. I mentioned in the very first chapter of Mind to Matter in the introduction, I talk about non-local mind and about how we can meditate, let go of our fixation with local mind and local reality and merge and blend with non-local mind. And I share the story in, in that first chapter about how when I was in Hawaii a few years back working on a book, mm. each day I was taking a jeep to a beach where I would go snorkeling for a while and then go back to the condo and do some more writing. And when I got back from the beach to the jeep one day, I put my hand in my pocket to unlock the jeep and the car keys weren't there. And I looked out over the bay where I'd been snorkeling for the previous hour, like this huge bay with a reef offshore, right? And it swam all over the reef, up and down. It was about 12 feet deep, so about three meters deep. At the deepest point, I'd been diving down to the bottom, diving up, di diving down, coming back up. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that somewhere in this huge ocean, among all these coral reefs, there were a set of keys, because I clipped the key to my condominium, my hotel room, onto the car keys. There's two keys there, and I'd lost them both. I couldn't get into the car, couldn't get back into the hotel. So um, I looked over this, 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 this expanse, and what I did was I chose to remain centered in my heart. I chose to remain centered in non-local mind. I didn't panic. And when you do that, powerful things happen. I swam all over the bay looking for the keys, but it was a fool's errand because, you know, six, 12 feet down, how do you find two tiny keys? among acres or hectares of, of ocean. It just was an, an impossible thing. And then as I was swimming back to shore, uh, looking for the keys, it was getting dark. But this father and his three sons had just gone into the ocean to, for a last minute swim before the sunset. And intuition said, go over and talk to those four men. So I swam over to them and I said to them, I see you guys have been swimming and diving around here. Did any of you find anything on the bottom? And the youngest boy held up my keys. Ah, chills! So, you know, it's, it's intuition. So you listen to intuition. You listen to intuition about swimming to those people to ask them. You listen to intuition about the stock to buy. You listen to intuition about the person to work with. You're tuning into your intuition over and over and over again. And you're living in tune with nature. So you're part of these large energy fields, these non-local fields. Sometimes you'll get intuitions about things and there'll be really interesting intuitions. You'll like, just for example, there's a, 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 there's a medical school professor I haven't talked to for a couple of years and he just his, his, his name popped into my mind yesterday. I was just thinking about him. I used to be quite close to him. 
and he really was a mentor to me. And uh, so I just think for thinking about him yesterday morning and suddenly an email comes in to my <laughs> inbox from him uh, a few hours later. And so you find your whole life starts to be in tune like this. There is more synchronicity for people who are living in, that's why the book's not, it's not mind over matter. It's mm -hmm. not trying to make stuff happen in the outside world. It's mind to matter. And the mind we attuned to is non-local mind. We meditate in the morning. We let go of our local priorities, our local selves, tune into non-local mind, and then bring the wisdom and the joy and the happiness and the insight and the healing of non-local mind into our local environment, into the electromagnetic fields around us. And that non-local mind is coordinating things. I mean, it's making the seasons change. It's having Earth spin around the sun. It's keeping us in our galaxy. It's doing all kinds of things just beautifully, automatically all the time. When we attune to non-local mind, when we have those elevated spiritual experiences, we attune to a place where there's infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge, the spontaneous coordination of huge systems, which is called emergence. There's a whole chapter on emergence in mind to matter. Then our lives just start to flow because we're living in the flow and that extends to the fields all around us. I love that so much. As you were sharing that story, I was actually thinking back to an experience as well, um, a few months back when I had lost my cat. And it was the same idea where I decided to do something different. Instead of freaking out over it, I was in Bali at that time and my cat went messing in Montreal. I tuned into my intuition that was telling me that this is happening for a reason. This is happening for you. And so I felt the nudge to buy a plane ticket, come back home and same idea. It was like, I just knew that I had to go out and look for her. I kept that image in my mind of like, I'm finding her. I was only visualizing and focusing on me and her together. And within two days, I found her and it was magical because she had been gone for like 10 days before that. So I totally know what you mean in terms of like connecting to that non-local mind. And I love that the way that you describe it, it's very much like how we call in spiritual terms, the universe, right? Tapping into the universe, tapping into the wisdom of the universe. So when it comes to building this connection with that non-local mind, what are some of the methods that you found to be most powerful in terms of tuning in? And also as a result of that, being able to keep your thoughts more in check and being able to shift your thoughts whenever um, you are perhaps transitioning to negative thoughts because something happened. What are those practices that you have found to be helpful in anchoring you back into positive thoughts? and connecting back with that higher power? Ella, that's a key question because all of this scientific research is interesting, but then how do we apply it? What methods do we use to, mm -hmm. to, to connect ourselves with that higher power and anchor these practices in our lives? And so in Mind to Matter, I list about 30 of them. And they're ones you've probably heard of. They're not a big mystery to people. The things like time and nature, earthing or grounding, EFT tapping, meditation, mindfulness, yoga, qigong. And I'm, I list 30 of them in Mind Matter because I want people to be aware that all of these are ways of shifting energy. When you mm -hmm. shift energy, then your material cells and your material life responds. And so you want to use those practices. And the two I think are essential is meditation, I feel, is the foundation of a happy life. Meditation is just nice. essential. And um, in I'm writing a new book now called Bliss Brain. And uh, it's all about these elevated emotional states you achieve in meditation. And in Bliss Brain, I look at 
exactly what kind of meditation shifts the mind and shifts the brain the quickest. But you need to use an effective kind of meditation. And the type of meditation I teach in my book, Mind to Matter, eco-meditation, we've shown now through EEG studies, we've shown through MRI studies, is extremely effective at quickly moving you into those elevated states. Not only that, you close your eyes, you begin meditation, use eco-meditation. Within just a few minutes, you're in this elevated state. And then the critical piece of research we've done showed that when you open your eyes and end the meditation to begin your day, you carry that state forward into your daily activities. So it's powerful that way. So there are 30 practices. Again, meditation, I think, is fundamental. You don't need to meditate for an hour a day, but you mm -hmm. do need 20 or 30 minutes of meditation. You don't need to start off with that long meditation. Start off with 10 minutes. I have seven free meditations on mindmatter.com. And um, in the book, in these free, free meditations, they're only about 12, 30 minutes each. They're not very long, but they get you into this really deep state really fast. And what I'm counting on is as you experience the joy and the, the sense of peace and love and compassion that they bring you to, you'll want to do more of them and you'll then increase your practice to 30 minutes a day, 45 minutes a day, an hour a day. So that is the first practice I think is essential. The second one is EFT, acupressure tapping. And you want to learn this because EFT tapping will regulate your emotion in under two minutes. So when people are upset, when they're afraid, when they're resentful, when they're being triggered by an old memory, if you tap, usually you can get back to equilibrium within about two minutes. It, it works really fast. We've done this now with huge numbers of people. And um, like, for example, we have a big project doing this with veterans called the Veteran Stress Project. We've now offered free EFT treatment to over 21,000 veterans over the course of more than a decade. And we've done seven randomized controlled trials. I've been a part of several of those of PTSD. And even people, even the veterans who are suffering from flashbacks and nightmares tend to regulate. One Vietnam veteran said after his very first EFT session, he said, I just got my first full night's sleep wow. since I came back from Vietnam 40 years ago. So people have these big, big shifts in their bodies, their sleep patterns, their health. And so we're offering these free sessions to veterans. And we know from these seven randomized controlled trials that not only do they just wipe out those PTSD symptoms like flashbacks and nightmares and insomnia, but they are the effects of permanent. After they've done EFT, they are no longer troubled by those same memories. So it is really a permanent remedy for some of those conditions. So there are lots of them. Do the ones that work best for your lifestyle. At least give yourself the gift of daily meditation and EFT. And whatever you do, when you wake up in the morning, don't turn on your phone or your computer and check your email messages or God forbid, go on Facebook or the news. Now you can do that later in the day once you've done the basic practices, but you need to orient, in mind to matter, I talk about orienting your consciousness to non-local mind first. Yeah. When you're able 
to do that. Then you can handle all of the stresses of your job, the world, everything outside of you much better. But you want to take your cues. You want to orient your energy field, orient your emotions, orient your spirituality, orient your physical body first to non-local mind. Then you drop into local mind and you start to do things on the outside level. What you don't want to do is plug your consciousness straight into all the chaos and confusion and meaninglessness and randomness of the outside world. That's not the place to go for happiness, not the place to go for balance, not the place to go for meaning or purpose. Get your meaning and purpose in place first by meditating, tuning into non-local mind, then you move into your day. And research, in my new book, Boost Brain, I cover research showing that when you do this, mm-hmm. you are five times as productive and five times as able to solve complex problems. These are not numbers I have made up, that 500-fold increase comes from a decade of study of high performers by the McKinsey Consultancy, and that five-fold increase in problem-solving ability comes from a study by the Defense Research Agency in the U.S. So um, objectively, scientifically, empirically, you are much better able to function in the outside world once you begin your day with non-local minds. So in terms of practices, those are the two fundamental ones, tapping and meditation, and then by all means, do the others you can. Do Qigong if you have a Qigong class available to you. Just if you only have 20 minutes available for yoga, put on a 20 minute YouTube video and do yoga. Do other things during the course of the day, but at least meditate and tap. Yeah, I love that so much. And yeah, I am still a bit guilty with checking my phone right away when I wake up, but I'm working on that one. It's so natural to just like look over, turn off the alarm, open up Instagram, check my emails. <laughs> so definitely have to make that a better practice. And in terms of equal meditation, can you let us know a bit more how is that different than regular meditation? Like what is um what are the different aspects of it versus just like sitting down and closing your eyes and tuning inward? I'm just checking my phone as you say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's, what, here's what you can do. You're allowed to have your phone, and uh, you can't see this, I'm holding up my phone over here so I can see it. And then on my phone, there are a bunch of apps, and then there's one over here that has a, a bronze bowl called Insight Timer. This is okay. the world's biggest meditation app, and it tells you who's meditating right now. Nice. And it's just wonderful to look at that and see how many people are meditating. So right now I'm checking um, the uh, 518,000 people have meditated on the app today. Three and a half thousand are meditating right now on the app. Wow. 11.2 million people have meditated on the app. This is the largest meditation app in the world. And it tells you you're not not alone. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if you search then, for Dawson, search my name, hit the yeah. search bar, search for Dawson on Insight Timer. You're gonna to get to a series of free meditations. And when you use those free meditations, you can play those first thing in the morning. They'll guide you into an eco-meditation routine. And again, they're all about 13, 14, 15 minutes long. They're very, very brief. But that way, again, you're orienting yourself to um, to something beyond yourself. And each of these meditations is, is keyed, is connected with one chapter in the book, Mind to Matter. So one of them is called Affirming the Gift of Inner Peace. 
what is called thinking from beyond local mind, getting you to non-local mind first thing in the morning, what is called I am a being of energy, what is called entraining self with synchronicity, what is called the attunement with a benevolent universe. Mm -hmm. So if you have to use your phone, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only reason. That's the way to use it. Awesome. I will definitely try that tomorrow morning. That is super exciting. Amazing. And so with that said, I want to talk a little bit about flow state as well, because from what you were just mentioning, it seems like with meditation, with EFT, we can really balance, neutralize our energy, connect with the non-local mind, which is kind of connected then to accessing a deeper flow state. So can you talk to us more about what exactly does it mean to be in flow? It's something that we throw around a lot in the self-development world and spirituality. I just want to be in flow. I want to create in flow. Um, I know, like I say pretty often is like, sometimes when I do something that I love, when I'm creating or when I'm creating a video, I can really get in the zone and get into flow state. So I would love to know more exactly uh, how you define flow state and how is the brain different in flow state versus other states and how can we best activate flow state? So definitely meditation and tapping would be part of it, but are there any other ways on a regular basis? For example, before we're jumping into a creative project, before we are hopping on a live video, or doing something in our business, how can we really tap into that flow energy? So uh, the way to do it is to start the day in flow by inducing flow. And it, when initially flow states were being studied in the, in the 1970s, it was believed that flow states were like these remarkable spaces people just fit into, slot into sometimes. And for example, athletes were discovered to get top athletes get into that, into that flow state. Musicians, creators, artists get into that flow state. Um, and what we've now begun to understand as we've used EEGs and MRIs and other tests to map the flow state is that the flow state can be a happy, lucky accident. You can't just find yourself in flow and everyone has at, a, at some time or other. Uh, my wife teaches art to children, five-year-olds, seven-year-olds, nine-year-olds, and you watch those kids, they really get into their art, they're in a complete flow state. Kids spend many, much of their childhoods if they have a safe childhood uh, in that flow state. So uh, we now have, have begun to discover that you can actually induce those flow states. Mm -hmm. Now, many people spend much of their lives out of flow and out of the flow state, you don't feel good. You don't feel in tune the same way you do if you're in a flow state. And so you were saying earlier, you know when you're in a flow state, and you do. And <laughs> they have several characteristics. And in, the, in, in, in Bliss Brain and Mind Matter, I cover what those are. And so one is a sense of selflessness. Mm -hmm. You are forgetting who you are, and you're absorbed in this project. And it's a paradox because the, 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 the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that is the commander, the decision maker, the thinker, it actually goes to sleep in flow states and you're in this very natural organic state of brain function. But the prefrontal cortex is actually quite dormant in that. And that's the part that constructs the self. And the self essentially is the suffering self. The self is that the prefrontal cortex constructs is thinking about what I'm wearing, who I'm with, what my bank account says about me, am I doing this right? 
And so the self is, has this constant flow of chatter, a lot of it's self-critical. Researchers found, and I talk, cover this in Mind to Matter, this research showing they found that most of the time we are into negative thinking. We're thinking, we're thinking negatively most of the time, especially when our, our brains don't have a task to perform. And that's the self. The self thinks about bad things that happened in the past and bad things that might happen in the future. And part of the brain that does this is called the default mode network, because our brain defaults to that often when we are busy. But when, when, when we're in flow, we have a sense of selflessness. The second characteristic is timelessness. You look up from the computer, you look up from the art project, you, you look up from the piece of music you've been playing, and you think, wow, four hours went by. That was magical. You were in the space where time didn't mean anything to you. And that part of the brain, the, the temporal parietal junction, the parietal lobe, the temporal lobe, parts of those that are, are focused on perceiving time and space, those parts of the brain actually, their activity reduces dramatically during states of flow. So your prefrontal cortex goes dark, your parietal lobe goes dark, and you're in that sense of timelessness and selflessness. Then you have a sense of um, effortlessness. You don't feel I'm trying to sweat and make this thing happen. Yeah. You have a feeling of effortless movement through the process. You have an idea, then another creative idea, then a thought. Then uh, So part of it is just this, this movement through the state of not putting in a big effort. You aren't forcing yourself. And the final characteristic is richness, that these are rich experiences. People who are in flow, people who meditate, people who, who move into high mind, into non-local mind, and have these experiences of connection, when they come back, and this is according to a database of 2,000 of these cases mm -hmm. that is, has been collected by the University of Medicine of Wisconsin, and they report that that experience was more real than real more real than their everyday lives. That when you're in that flow of oneness with the cosmos, oneness with the universe, it is so real to you, it is so vivid, it's literally more real than the desk you're sitting at and the car you're driving and the trees outside your window. It is so real to people. So those are four of the characteristics of, of those flow states. When people come back, they also feel their lives have meaning and purpose. You have a sense that my life is meaningful. I'm not just this isolated self trying to navigate the cosmos, navigate life. I am part of a great, loving, benevolent whole. And you live your life like that, and you're never lonely. You're never at a loss for answers. Albert Einstein said that every great scientific discovery was made that way when people were in non-local reality. Napoleon Hill talks about this in his book, Think and Grow Rich how he would take these difficult questions into meditation. He'd commune with what he called his invisible counsel of all these beings who just advised and guided him. And he'd come back from that invisible counsel meeting, this altered state, he'd come back with transcendent answers. This is where the theory of relativity comes from. This is where all kinds of medical and philosophical and ethical and healing breakthroughs come from. When we measure healers in the healing state, they are in these frequencies, these brainwave frequencies, especially theta. And theta 
around the frequency of eight cycles per second, eight hertz, is the predominant frequency of the Earth. It's called the Schumann frequency, the Schumann resonance. Mm -hmm. And so healers are in that sa exact same Schumann resonance of eight hertz that the planet is in. And so in that state of attunement, not just with each other and with the person they're working with, but with the cosmos, then they're able to catalyze that healing in the people they're working with. So this has powerful effects on the whole world around us. It's all frequency, it's all energy. So you can tackle your problems with material level solutions, but you're much better off tuning into non-local mind and focusing on energetic and energy and, um, and, 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 and vibrational solutions. They can produce a huge shift in your body. I'm just, I'll just close this, this question by, by telling you one story about a friend of mine who made that choice. Her name is Beth, and she was diagnosed in March of 2017 with metastasized breast cancer. Mm -hmm. She found a, a lump on top of her right breast, went into a famous cancer clinic called MD Anderson in Houston, Texas, and they found this mass on her right breast. It was a, a, a cancer eventually was measured at five centimeters, two inches across, a big, big tumor. And they also then, of course, looked for metastasis, whether it's spread. And they found that all of the lymph nodes under her right armpit were full of cancer cells, the big blood supply. And they were, rather than being, being clear, lymph nodes should look clear because your lymph system goes all over your body. Mm -hmm. Those lymph nodes were all clogged with cancer. When cancer goes into your lymph system, it can travel all over your body producing metastases all over the whole of your body. So very serious diagnosis. And um, when the doctors gave her the diagnosis, they wanted her to start chemotherapy and radiation right away. But she said, I need time to think and plan and consult. She wound up working with five different doctors and she decided to first, before going into conventional treatment, to use energy work. So she began to do Qigong, she began to meditate. She turned off all the alerts on her cell phone, quit watching the news, got rid of people in her life who were sources of negative energy, attuned herself to positive music, to positive media, filled her mind with positive thoughts, was happy every day, did Qigong. We did some distant EFT with her. She was doing Reiki energy treatments. She went to Mexico and got a laetrile treatment. She was getting hyperbaric oxygen treatments. She was doing all these alternative medicine things. So she got the diagnosis in March. May, she went back into MD Anderson just eight weeks later, and all of the lymph nodes under her right armpit were completely clear of cancer. They did a scan, and there was no trace of cancer there. The tumor had shrunk from five centimeters to, it was later measured at 1.4 centimeters, much, much smaller. And um, one of the doctors she was consulting with later said, the tumor is, is dead. Your body has killed it, and it's just taking away all that dead tissue. She later got a circulating cancer cell blood test, and it showed that her body was completely free of cancer. Now, again, she used energy. She used alternative medicine, like hyperbaric oxygen and laetrile. She also used energy. She shifted her thoughts, her feelings, her emotions, her spiritual practice, qigong, EFT, all of these things 
and it completely shifted the chemical composition of her body such that the cancer couldn't survive. So when you apply these techniques in your life and your body, when you use the level of energy, it produces profound and powerful healing. And in Mind to Matter, I have many of these stories of people who have healed, healed relationships, healed physically, healed cancer, healed their money patterns. All these shifts happen when you start to use this, this dimension of energy, tune yourself in non-local mind and bring that wisdom, that love, that compassion, that healing into your local life. Ah, oh, that's just so beautiful. I literally feel like going to meditate for an hour after this. It's so good. <laughs> I just love the way that you weaved it all together with the examples as well, especially being a Reiki practitioner myself and just feeling that draw more and more to <clears throat> energy healing. It's so great to hear these stories, to know the science behind it and to know that it works because I remember even when I started Reiki, it's like, you know, all I'm doing is just connecting to this higher source, visualizing, drawing that energy. And it's like, I could feel the energy coming out. I'm like, what is yeah. going on? <laughs> so that is so amazing. Um, what I do want to touch on to kind of wrap that topic up is that, you know, in those moments of getting, um, you know, trying to do the self-healing, trying to figure out, okay, like this is what I want. Can it actually happen? Aligning your thoughts. I know that one of the biggest things coming up is often perhaps like a lack of belief will sneak in. Some people might find it difficult to trust, to surrender. It's like, okay, I'm doing this um, energy work, but I really want it to work. And so there's that balance between like doing the thing and remaining unattached to it. What advice would you give people who are currently trying to manifest something in their lives, whether it's healing, whether it's creating uh, you know, more money, whether it's anything else, a relationship, what what advice and what guidance would you give on how can we best trust, surrender, and hand kind of whatever it is that we desire over to that non-local mind? That's a very perceptive question, Ella, and a really good way to wrap up this discussion because it's a crucial question. And the formula is clear intention and complete surrender to attachment to the results. And so you have an intention and you don't create your, you don't, you don't usually, those local mind intentions aren't, those non-local mind intentions usually aren't specific. They're usually general. And mm -hmm. so you, you just move through your life in this generally benevolent, kind, connected way. And so you may have certain intentions, like I had to ha have an intention that EFP would be accepted by the Veterans Administration. I'd have an intention that I would have a business training people in this. I didn't have an intention that I had a nonprofit. But that time frame of it taking 10 years to get accepted by the VA, so I had to move through 10 years of crushing disappointment. Um, I was testifying before congressional committees in the US Congress in 2010. It's still took another seven years, even after Congress members were advocating for EFT. And we got the door slammed in our face so many times and again, you just let go. You just release over and over and over and over again. And you just trust that the universe knows what it's doing. So it's a powerful place to be in. Some of our desires might happen magically and quickly. Yeah. Others, we might hold that attention for a long time. So you don't want to get attached to it manifesting today or tomorrow or at a certain time frame. And then when you do this, you get really 
really happy. In my new book, This Brain, I outline the seven neurochemicals of ecstasy. And there are seven of them you generate through deep meditation, like the eco meditation I teach in Mind to Matter. And so there are seven of these neurochemicals and you start to get seriously happy. You flood your body with the bonding hormone oxytocin. Mm -hmm. So when you're in the state, your parietal lobes shut down, so you aren't aware of time and space, your, your prefrontal cortex is shut down, you aren't all immersed in your stories about self and the world, and now you're having surges of this wonderful, delicious bonding hormone, and you're bonding, you're in love with the universe, with non-local mind, mm -hmm. And so you feel super wonderful. Oxytocin then triggers the production of nitric oxide. It's an oxidant that actually makes your blood vessels bigger in your brain. And so now your brain starts to function, be tuned up much better because of all the nutrients entering it. So nitric oxide, and you also make beta endorphins, which are three times stronger than synthetic morphine. So you're now suppressing pain in your body, you're balancing the serotonin and dopamine in your body. You're producing trace amounts of norepinephrine, which is an attention-focusing chemical. These are all the chemicals of neurochemicals of flow. But then the one that I focus on most in the new book is anandamide, which is called the bliss molecule because it's characteristic of people feeling incredibly euphoric. It's the most euphoric of euphoric neurochemicals. Even the name, Ananda, is a Sanskrit word for bliss, Ananda mind. And so there's a lot of, lot of uh, correlations, too, with various drugs people take and how they trigger similar experiences in the brain, nothing as delicious and, and organic as bliss brain. So you're in the state, and you feel really good, and you, you aren't attached to the outcomes there. You do have the intention. You want things to be good, but you aren't attached to the outcomes. When, like, for example, I want to have a good marriage. I want to have a successful relationship with my wife. And so um, that's my intention. So earlier this week, when I finished my meditation, I had something to do soon after that. But I instead just spent a few minutes and went and connected with my wife in the morning. Again, you're going into those organic states of flow and you are doing things. You are being an effective person because of that research showing that you're five times as effective in the outside world but you're getting into flow states first, you're surrendered to the result, you let things take the time they need. Like getting EFT into the VA, it might take 10 years, it might take a long time for that condition to, to change. But if you're happy in the meantime, then you aren't all attached to, to it. You certainly don't make your happiness dependent upon things happening in the outside world, like the VA accepting EFT. You're just happy anyway, and then things work out, Things don't work out, things take a short time, things take a long time. I can tell you that statistically, research shows they actually happen a lot easier and with a lot less stress in people who are in those bliss brain states. But you aren't attached either way to the outcome. You live a peaceful life, full of happiness, full of joy, full of compassion in the moment. And what more could you want? You know, what, what, if, if you've got that, regardless of whether you have the Rolls Royce or the diamond yeah. or the beach house in Malibu or as <laughs> you want. If you're happy, you, you know, you, you just aren't terribly invested in those things. If they come, great, you enjoy them. If they aren't there, my, my wife and I played a little game called what's your number? Mm -hmm. Several times a week we'll say to each other, what's your number? 
and it's on a scale of zero to 100, and we're asking how happy you are. So I'll say, what's your number? She'll say, I'm 97, or I'm 92, or whatever it might be. And often, we're both at 100. We're just going about our lives at 100. Now, our lives aren't perfect. We have the same challenges as everybody else. In fact, two years ago, um, our house was destroyed in a sudden wildfire in California. One of those dramatic moments called the Tubbs Fire. And that night, at midnight, the fire began to sweep through our area, traveling at enormous speeds, pushed by gale force winds. And we literally woke up, saw a glow on the horizon, sprinted for the car, grabbing our cell phones and the car keys on the way, getting out as all the trees above our head were being consumed by flames, and spent uh, you know, several days very disoriented, lost all our possessions, and uh, lost our office, lost our home, and then had to kind of you know, start putting things back together again. So it's not like um, you, you live lives where you're exempt from the economy and from the fire and from whatever happens, but you're resilient. And so you, 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 you're, 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 you learn to be happy no matter what. And when you've been happy, when you've just lost your home and your money and your possessions in your office overnight in a fire, and a week later, you're still sitting there in meditation with a huge grin on your face, <laughs> realize, <laughs> I, I wrote this, this one, um, blog for the Huffington Post, and it's called The Saint in the Ashes. We had a friend who made her way past the army, because the army sealed off the whole area right off the fire for a few weeks, but she snuck in and took a photograph of, of, of where the house and office used to be on this big piece of property, and uh, everything was burned to within maybe three or four inches of the ground, and mm -hmm. the only thing that left was a big chimney sticking out where the stone fireplace was, but then in the office, everything, you know, the metal file cabinets melted, the cars melted, everything, the refrigerator and the stove melted, everything was just a molten mass ash. And then in the, in the middle of all the ashes, there was a Buddha. And the stone Buddha, Ella, <laughs> was one we had stuck in the back of a closet many years before. And then we'd been stacking things in front of it for, you know, best part of 10 years. We'd forgotten that the Buddha was there. And suddenly when the closet burned and the papers burned and all everything else burned, there was a stone Buddha sitting there in meditation. And it's the most, I'm getting chills just remembering this. Yeah. And I wrote this post called The Saint in the Ashes. And I wrote that everything burned, but there's the Buddha reminding us that compassion doesn't burn, love doesn't burn, kindness doesn't burn, wisdom doesn't burn. All of these things are available to us regardless of the ups and downs of life. So you become a resilient person. And in my book, my new book, Bliss Brain, it was published in about a year, that's all about, about this resilience that we can then train ourselves into. And even when we have the, the, the ups and downs of life happen, we're not attached, we're full of love. And we, we, don't, we, we, don't, we, we recognize that and live that life of bliss in every moment. So that's the way to live your life, is free of attachment to those things. They could be gone in the next fire, they can be gone in the next recession, they can be gone in a divorce or a disaster or an illness. And if you're resilient, you still live in this brain. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I am still feeling those goosebumps from that Buddha imagery because that's like the perfect metaphor and representation of it is like, if you can maintain that state of calm, if you can just continue to turn inwards, it doesn't matter what happens. And I love how you told us all of that because, you know, even when it comes to manifestation in my teachings, I always say, if you want something, you need to understand why. What is that feeling that you are getting that you want to get behind that desire? Because like you said, at the end of the day, the watches, the beach house, the everything, we all want it to feel good. 
And the funny thing is that when we get it, it's like, yay, amazing, I feel good. And then five minutes later, what's next? Yes. Right. <laughs> right. So we're constantly in what's next, what's next? So the key really is to be present, to find that joy and the bliss in this very moment to see what you already have. And just to trust that like, if you put that intention out there, it's going to be taken care of. So I absolutely love it. And I can't thank you enough for your time today for coming on the podcast, sharing your wonderful wisdom. So how can my audience come hang out with you, come learn from you, perhaps join some of your live workshops and just know more about what you've got going on? Well, go to Dawson, my name, Dawson Gift, G-I-F-T, DawsonGift.com. And that's like a catch-all site. So when you go there, you will be able to download a free copy of the EFT Tapping Mini Manual. Mm-hmm. You'll get access to those meditations and inside timer. Also the Veteran Stress Project. So if you know a veteran who's suffering, that's a good place to connect with them as well. Also, you can download the first couple of chapters of Mind to Matter there. So DawsonGift.com. We'll also give you a link to the uh, workshop page. You can attend a live workshop. I'm also doing a whole bunch of um, virtual workshops in the next year. So I'm doing Thoughts to Things workshops, EFT tapping workshops, and they're typically just one day long. And then you're joining from wherever you are. And they're set up to be time zone friendly. So they're early in, in, in Pacific time. They're middle of the day, East Coast time, the middle of the afternoon, Europe time. And we'll have lots of people joining us for those virtual workshops, live virtual workshops, and tapping and doing meditation and having a really wonderful time and then seeing, seeing breakthroughs in human transformation. We'll be working with people on those workshops and you will literally see someone make a breakthrough, like right before your very eyes. It's just the most remarkable thing to watch someone who struggled breakthrough. So that workshop schedule is there. Also, there's a list there of certified EFT practitioners. And this is important. You want to work with somebody who's highly trained. So we train many people every year. Those we certify are the cream of the crop. And they are the people who've learned all the techniques of clinical EFT and can help people with anxiety, with depression, with phobias, with PTSD. So I'd encourage you to go there. There's a research page there. All of those resources are available at DawsonGift.com. That's the best place to go. Amazing. Thank you so much. So we'll link everything down in the show notes. So once again, thank you so much, Dawson, for coming on. This was such an amazing conversation. All hearts back to you. (laughs) I had so much fun. I can't even begin to explain it because the best part about all of this is that it just synthesizes everything that I've learned over the last three years of my life, like all the different pieces, bridging the spiritual with the science. I just love all of it. Thank you so much for the work that you do. And thank you so much for shining your light in the world. It is a joy. I wake up happy every day. I love doing this. And I'm so thrilled about your work, Ella, and how you're sharing with such enthusiasm and articulateness. Thank you ever so much. How many times was your mind blown during that interview? Because I know my mind was blown multiple times. And it was just so fascinating to hear all the powerful examples and case studies that Dawson shared with us because this stuff is so real. It's not just woo. Like this is stuff that is backed by science, backed by research. And I'm just so grateful for the work that Dawson is doing because the more scientific evidence that we have to support how the mind creates matter, the more we make this information accessible, the more people can wake up to the infinite creator power that is within them. And that absolutely lights me the F 
up. So be sure to take a screenshot of this episode, share it on your Instagram stories, tag me, and let me know what are some of your key takeaways and insights from this interview because I would absolutely love to know. And be sure to remember to go down below to the show notes and check out Light Up and Manifest. Claim your special podcast listeners discount and it would be an absolute honor to be able to support you in that experience because as you can probably tell, everything that we are doing within Light Up and Manifest is basically backed by science, the EFT, shifting the mind at the subconscious level so that we can rewire those neural pathways. Everything that we are doing and light up and manifest is basically backed up by what Dawson was saying. And I'm just so excited to bring you this experience that is going to absolutely transform your life. So go down below, check out Light Up and Manifest. If you have any questions, you can totally reach out to me over on Instagram or send me an email at hello at psmla.com. And of course, be sure to stay in touch with Dawson read mind to matter if you were just like hmm should i do it you should absolutely freaking do it get your hands on that book treat yourself this early 2020 gift or your belated christmas gift whatever that is but just get yourself this book because it will absolutely open your eyes to a whole new level around the science of manifestation So with that, I'm going to wish you guys a wonderful, wonderful holiday season, and I will catch you on next week's episode of the Badass Lightworker Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Badass Lightworker Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, I would be forever grateful if you can subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, as that helps more badass lightworkers find this podcast. Let's be sure to keep in touch. You can find me over on Instagram at PSMLA, on Facebook and my Facebook group, Badass Lightworker Tribe, or over on my website, PSMLA.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, go out there, shine your light and make some massive impact. I love you.